So yeah, we talked about the vital signs. Uh, adults, I want to ask you guys to help me out here. Uh, what, what are they, There's typically four, perhaps five vital signs that we look at when it comes to determining the health of the individual, all right? So we're now we're talking medical, um, and we're, we're looking at our own lives, and so I want you to participate with me. And some of you who are in the medical field probably get them right away, but what, what is it we look for in our lives? You know, when we go to the doctor, number one, they're looking at our heart rate, correct? Okay, they wanna, that's one of the vital signs, all right? Um, what is another vital sign? You help me out here. Okay, respiratory. Very good. Respiratory rate. So we have our heart rate. We have the respiratory rate. That's vital signs. There's two more that I have on my list here. I heard it. Got to say it loud. Blood pressure. Very good. That's vital sign number three. Now I have, there's one more. Temperature. Very good. Very good. You want to check the temperature. Again, that's a vital sign that assists the doctor in determining your health, okay, your health, all right? Well, now we want to transition, and we want to talk about the health of the church. And today in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter lists for us five vital signs that need to be present in your church, and if they're present in the church, they, ex they uh, suggest health, okay? And so we're going to look at those five vital signs this morning. Again, that's 1 Peter chapter 4, and uh, we're looking at verses 7 through 11. So I invite you to open your Bible, if you have it with you, to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to read verses 7 through 11, and we're talking about the vital signs of a church. Uh, these particular signs that we'll be looking at this morning indicate that your church is healthy, okay? It's not a guarantee, but it seems to indicate that this church is healthy. So, again, 1 Peter chapter 4, we're looking at verses 7 through 11, and again, our topic is vital signs of a healthy church. Here's what verse 7 says as we begin. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So again, we're talking about the vital signs of a healthy church. And uh, these, if these uh, vital signs are present, that'll somewhat indicate that, hey, we're pretty healthy. But understand, we need to have a little exception here. Just because these things may be present to a degree does not necessarily mean that we as a church are very healthy, okay? But Here's some good indicators that we as a church are healthy. So let's talk about the five vital signs of a healthy church as conveyed here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Number one, based on chapter 4 there, verse 7, verse 7, the first vital sign suggesting health in our church is prayer. That's the first vital sign, prayer. Okay? 
Nothing good happens without prayer. Let me say that again. Nothing good in your church will happen without prayer. Prayer is essential. It's one of those vital signs that suggests health in your church. Now, I've been reading a lot of material lately on church revitalization. Let me share some information with you. It's reported that 65% of the churches that are in existence, 65% of the churches in existence today have either plateaued in their effectiveness or are in decline, okay? 65% of the churches have plateaued or are in decline. Another way to look at that is about 7 out of 10 churches are in trouble, okay? Their health is questionable. Now, the good news about this, even though a church may have plateaued or is in decline, the good news is this. A church can turn it around, the bodies, okay, the body of believers. They can turn that around and become a, a very effective church in their community and become a viable force in that community. So it can change, okay, and that's the good news. But in my reading, they always come back to this. That church that has plateaued or died or is dying will not turn around if prayer is avoided. Okay, are you with me on that? Prayer is essential. Prayer is that uh, backbone, that, that essential ingredient that's going to help bring life to a church. Without it, the church will continue to plateau and eventually decline. That's how important prayer is. Now, I got a question here. Could it be, remember we said 65% of the churches have plateaued or are in decline? Could it be that those churches have plateaued or in decline because prayer is no longer an essential value in that church body? Could that be the reason why so many churches, 7 out of 10, are no longer effective? I'm just asking a question here. All right. So how are we doing as a church when it comes to prayer? Well, we just had a time of prayer. Brock led us in prayer. That's a good thing. Does that indicate that we're pretty healthy or on the right track? Well, not necessarily. But we do believe that prayer is very essential. That's why it's one of our values. And one of the things that we want to do to shore up our prayer in a church body is uh, I want you to be aware of this. The first Sunday of every month, the leadership invites the church to meet in the fellowship area uh, for prayer. So, yes, Sunday school meets at that time too, but we're going to take time away from the adult Sunday school class. And every Sunday, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to pray together, okay? So that's one a small step that we want to do as a church in order to foster that essential, vital sign of prayer. Because nothing good without, will happen without prayer. Okay, so, the first vital sign of a good, healthy church is prayer. That's number one. Number two, here's the other, another vital sign. The second vital sign of a healthy church is love. Is love. And if you look at verse 8, you'll see that there. Above all, 
Love each other deeply, it says, because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, what I want you to see in verse 8 there is the word of love, of course. And that word that is translated love in verse 8 is the word agape love. Now, you've heard of agape love, right? Uh, Here's what's so significant about the fact that this is agape love. Agape love is not an emotional love. Okay? Agape love is not necessarily an emotional love. Typically, when we talk about loving one another, we think, well, in order to love one another, we got to feel it. You know, we got to have these, these mushy feelings or whatever it is. I love you, you know, kind of that idea. But most of the time, we don't feel it, right? Well, God, has un- God understands us, and he knows that we're going to wrestle with having the feelings of love. Therefore, he says, there is something called agape love. Take the feelings out of it. Agape love is simply doing the right thing for that person. That's agape love, okay? You may not feel like going and picking up that individual who is giving you a call because their car has broken down. But you go ahead and you do it anyway as a demonstration of love. Did you feel like going and picking this person up? No, but you did the right thing, and that's called agape love, doing the right thing. Peter says a sign of a healthy church is that a healthy church shows this agape love. They, they do the right thing even though they may not feel it, okay? Agape love. Let's go back to verse 8 again. Above all, love each other deeply. And here, listen to this, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Let's focus on that last phrase where it says, because love covers a multitude of sins. I have a question. How, how does that work? How does love cover sins? What, what element, you got to think with me on this, what element, what, what important part of love covers sin? That element, here we go, that element that covers sin is called forgiveness, okay? It's called forgiveness. Peter says, above all, you know, love each other deeply. Use agape love. You do the right thing, okay? You may not feel it, but you do the right thing. That's agape love. And you do the right thing because it covers sin. And again, Peter is not saying, hey, turn your back on whatever it was they did. And don't talk about it. It's not saying that at all. Rather, it says, hey, you understand what was done. Did you like it? No, but you made the decision to forgive. Okay? You forgive. Is there any emotion attached to it? No. You did the right thing, and the right thing was forgiveness. And when forgiveness is practiced within the church body, sin is covered over. And the church practice healthiness. Practice healthiness. So, it's so important to love one another without that emotional attachment, and it's expressed through forgiveness. Love covers a multitude of sins. So, what we want to do then is we ask the question, we have a vital sign check here. So, how are we doing when it comes to forgiveness? Okay? As we play a doctor and examine the life of harvest 
you know? Is forgiveness being demonstrated? Forgiveness is a sign of health within the church. Number three, there's a third vital sign of a healthy church. That's in verse 9. Take a look at verse 9. It says this, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Offer hospitality. What is this hospitality stuff? Max Lucado, in one of his books, shared this regarding hospitality. Let me just share it with you. He does a great job. He says this, Not everyone can serve in a foreign land, lead a relief effort, or volunteer at the downtown soup kitchen. But who can't be hospitable? Do you have a front door? A table? Chairs? Bread and meat for sandwiches? Well, congratulations. You just qualified to serve in the most ancient of ministries, hospitality. Something holy happens around a dinner table that will never happen in a sanctuary. In a church auditorium, you see the backs of heads. Around the table, you see the expressions on faces. In the auditorium, one person speaks. Around the table, everyone has a voice. Church services are on the clock. Around the table, there is time to talk. Hospitality opens the door to uncommon community. It's no accident that hospitality and and hospital, the word hospital, come from the same Latin word, for they both lead to the same result, and that is healing. When you open your door to someone, you are sending this message. The message is this, you matter to me and to God. You may think you're saying, come over for a visit. But what your guest hears is, I'm worth the effort. That's hospitality. Hospitality, let's just simplify it. When you demonstrate hospitality, you just say to that individual, you're worth it. You're worth it. That's hospitality. Number four. The fourth vital sign of a healthy church is service, is service. Look with me at verses 9 and 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speak in the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides. That's verses 10 and 11. Let me share two, or excuse me, three observations with you regarding spiritual gifts, okay? Uh, these observations are biblical observations. You find this and this being stated in God's word. Let's do that. First of all, here's observation one, biblical observation regarding spiritual gifts. You have a spiritual gift. If you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've become a Christian one of the gifts that God has given you, maybe more, but one for sure, is he has given you a spiritual gift. So you have a spiritual gift. That's number one. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common 
good. They are talking about how the Holy Spirit gives each of us a spiritual gift. So you have a spiritual gift, number one. Number two, your gift is to be used. Okay? Number two, you're supposed to use your gift. And number three, your gift is to be used for others. Look at verse 10 again. We read that in chapter 4. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. To serve others. So, vital sign check. Let's check our vital signs. How are we doing as a church in the, the category of serving one another? How, how are we doing? See, a healthy church will find many volunteers. We'll find many volunteers. That's a healthy church. And then lastly, number five here, here's the uh, fifth vital sign. comes to us in verse 11. The final vital sign is, I call it praise, all right? Maybe we could even call it worship, but you can see it there in verse 11, how he talks about praise. Uh, we're supposed to use our gifts there. It talks about in verse 10 and 11. And, uh, and when you use your gift, you know, do all things for God so that he may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So we're talking about praise. We're talking about honoring God. We're talking about worshiping God. And when you see praise taking place in your church, that's a good sign. That's, a, that's one of the vital signs of health. All right? Now, when we usually talk about praise, here's where our mind goes. This is typically what we think about when we think of praising God. When we think of praising God, we think about using our voices and singing to God, okay? Or we'll use our voices and we will say, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, speak some kind of praise and honor about God. God is great. God is good. God has met my needs and I praise Him. So we always look at it in the verbal context you know, audio, as that's what praise is all about. But I'm going to challenge you here. Praise is even more than that. And here's what I want you to do. I've got a picture for you. If you look at this picture, uh, it, it's a funnel. So you can see in the one end, all this stuff comes in, and then it gets funneled down to one thing. With this picture in mind, keep this picture in your mind, this picture is illustrating what takes place. So we're talking about the vital signs of a church. So... Follow along with me. So when we exercise prayer, one of the blue arrows, when we exercise love, the agape love that covers over sin, when we exercise hospitality, okay, when we exercise our giftedness and serve our church body, it all goes into that funnel on that one end, and it comes out on the other end as worship and praise. Do you see that? Okay, that's what worship and praise is. That's how we glorify God. How does the church glorify God? How does the, the church honor God? Yes, verbally in many ways, but when we engage in prayer, we're honoring God. When we demonstrate agape love, you know, that love that we, does the right thing regardless of feelings, when we do that, we are praising and honoring God. When we use our giftedness, and serve our church body, we are honoring and praising God. When we engage in hospitality and we invest in somebody's life over a meal and say, you are worth it, we are praising and honoring 
God. And that is a sign of a healthy church. So Peter here gives us kind of a checklist. He says, here are some signs that your church is doing pretty well. He says, first of all, there should be prayer. And then he says there should be love. We call it this agape love. And what's significant about agape love, it just does the right thing regardless of how you may feel. Uh, There's the hospitality. That's a vital sign of a church. Seeing people plugged in, serving the church, that that is healthy. That's a vital sign. And then lastly, praising and, you know, and honoring God, that's, that's a vital sign that suggests that your church is healthy. So how are we doing as a church? Well, we might say, well, we're doing maybe all right. Yeah, we're doing this. We pray on Sunday. And, you know, as you kind of do a critique, as you kind of evaluate your church, here, here's, here's the real catcher. The health of the church is dependent on the health of you. Okay, are you with me on that? The health of your church depends on your health. Are you praying? If you're not praying, then your church is not going to be very healthy. How are you doing at loving and covering over a multitude of sin through forgiveness? How are you doing there? Well, if you're struggling, understand, if you're struggling, that struggle carries over into the health of your church. Hospitality. How are you doing at expressing to other individuals that you, you're worth it? You're worth it. And then service. We saw, talked about service. We each have a gift. Are you serving the church? Again, the health of harvest depends on the health of its membership. The health of your church is tied to your health. How are you doing in these areas called vital signs? Well, you may be looking at your life and you say, hmm, I don't know, not doing too good. Here's the challenge. I want you to make a tweak, okay? Just make a tweak. Just do one little thing, okay? One little thing. Make one little tweak in your life and see how God uses it. Just one tweak is all you need to do. We're not asking you to change your life completely. Just, just take one thing and say, hey, I'm going to make a tweak here. I'm going I'm to begin praying more often. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up first of the month on that Sunday morning, and I'm going to pray. Just one tweak and see how your health, as well as the health of your church, is changed. Let's pray together. Father, again, thanks for your word. Uh, Lord, you said your word is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword, and it cuts through all the malarkey and reveals us exactly who we are and where we're at. God, may we be honest with ourselves and truly examine our spiritual health. Because our spiritual health not only affects us individually, but it carries over and affects our church. By your power, God, through your Holy Spirit, may we, as your children, make that tweak that will bring health not only to our lives, 
but to the life of your church. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.